Hello, listener to the CX Leadership Talks podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. It's Christina Kanazai. And I'm so excited because she shares how we as CX leaders can use design thinking to be better leaders. And isn't that all we want? Because this podcast is about spicing up your CX leadership. And um, think about the best method you can use to see obstacles as an opportunity, how to break silos, and you get some great tips and tricks on podcast, a little bit of AI, but also how to experiment. So be ready. In the age of the customer, many companies and organizations fall short in meeting the needs and wants of their customers, let alone exceeding them. And it's time to change that. Welcome to CX Leadership Talks. Our passion is to be a catalyst for you and your organization as a customer experience leader to help understand, design, and improve experiences across the entire customer journey and the customer lifetime. It's time to spice up your CX leadership, and we've got the pro who's going to talk you through it. This is CX Leadership Talks, and now your host, Ninka Bloom. I'm so excited because today I have a customer experience friend from Hungary that we met in 2018. Um, We met at that time when she was working at T-Systems being the CX program lead. And she's the one, it's the only one that ever made me play four times the customer experience game in one day because she wanted to maximize um, my being there and helping the organization. Um, She now um, is also a CCXP. She's part of the leadership team of CXPA Hungary. She's made her way through the ranks on her career now being the chief design officer of Zoosh Group. And I want to welcome you, Christina Kanisai. Thank you, Ninka. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, having this opportunity. Thank you. It- it is amazing to meet my fellow CX leaders all around the globe. And you're calling in, I think, from Budapest, right? Yes, I am. I am. Yeah. So let's dive deep because we're going to talk everything design. But let's start a little bit with you. Um, if you introduce yourself in the room, what do you say as a CX leader? Yeah, so it's a tricky question, I guess, and it's a real hard one as well. But usually it depends on the context and also the audience, as I have many hats. I'm working with clients, so in many, many cases, what I, how I introduce myself is uh, that my expertise area is service and customer experience design and UX research. And my mission is to create meaningful experiences with positive impact on the business results. But if I'm with my friends, I'm just saying that I'm helping businesses to design positive customer and user experiences. You know, we all like to be served well. (laughs) Yeah, and I know because uh, when we met, you also with Sush uh, uh, had a, uh, you you became like a partner, trained a trainer of our game. And I know Zush, but not everybody knows Zush Group. Can you tell a little bit about Zush? Yes. uh, So 
Group has three legs. Uh, we are um, investing in uh, early startup uh, as venture builders. This is one of our uh, main uh, activity. Zeus uh, Digital is the R&D uh, leg of the group. And what we do is, uh, with the help of design-led software development, we are helping international clients to design and deliver successful digital solutions, which are usually B2B and uh, serve as a, as a, uh, as a service in the cloud. Okay. And, uh, and uh, the third leg is the Zoosh product. Uh, in some, some cases, uh, we also develop products that are mm. our own and, and uh, yeah, revenue streams of the group. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, we met then at uh, Budapest. Uh, what other countries is Sush operational in? Yeah, we have, uh, we, are a, we are an Irish-Hungarian company. So the headquarter is uh, in Ireland and Hungary. All right. That's always exciting. Um, and I think it's it's also very interesting. I already told a little bit, uh, we uh, we met at the time in uh, T-Systems and now you're Sush Group. But what kind of roles did you have before you started in custom experience? Yeah, my, my history is starting from IT. I worked as an IT business partner for FMCG companies and utility companies. And uh, I was uh, helping businesses to solve their business uh, problems, uh, creating solutions from an IT angle. So I think that those years have gave the foundation of my business understanding, but also this business-driven mindset. But uh, also the stakeholder management, this lead without authority, was a very important learning of that period. But what I really liked, uh, Christina, at the time is, uh, what, especially when you were working in T-Systems, is your enthusiasm and your drive to really bring everybody together and work multidisciplinary, um, keep the energy going, even though it sometimes was very difficult at a, at a B2B uh, IT system. What drives you? What, what that energy comes from somewhere? I think this business-driven mindset, what I have, uh, I'm really a real passionate person. And yeah. if I believe in something, I, I, I just drive towards my goal. And I really like working with people and uh, train them or educate them and have them to see the bigger perspective, I guess. So when I, I was working uh, with C-Systems as head of service unit and uh, was co-leading the CX uh, program, you were part of. Yeah. Um, that time I was emerging myself into design thinking, service design, and, and CX. And I saw that CX is the goal and design is the mindset. and uh, 
I really wanted to have that CX program as uh, raising awareness around the importance of CX. And I was really, really excited about the opportunity to have you and your game, but also to have innovation workshop, cross-functional workshops, pilot projects um, within the program. And we had really, really good results reaching out to many employees. As I remember, more than 800 employees were involved in some sort of activity connected to this program. Yeah, what, what I like about it, it's almost um, the way you approached it is a design approach where you really tried out many things uh, um, before maybe even knowing what design thinking was. But before, before we dive deeper into CX leadership and design thinking, because that is the main topic of this podcast, I, I often get the question, what is the difference between customer experience and user experience? How do you answer that question? Yes, uh, I also received this question uh, many times. And I think the main difference is that customer experience is a more holistic experience. So it's the sum of the total interactions of the customer by they are interacting with the brand and the service or the product why user experience is focusing on the person using a product for Mm. that period of time they are using it. So, of course, they consider user experience, you consider uh, the awareness uh, stage and after the usage uh, experience as well, but still it focuses to that single product or interaction we are designing for. Yeah, because I think this is really what I like. You you look at it from a customer perspective. What does this mean from an organizational standpoint? Um, as I see, uh, it means that these uh, two disciplines cannot work in silos. So there is no one without the other. Because if, yeah. for example, you don't understand the CX strategy, you don't understand what experience you need to design, what experience the company would like to provide to its customers, how would you be able to design a user experience meeting that need and that target? And on the other hand, if uh, you don't have this very focused design approach towards the usage of the product, uh, it might be occasional or might not meet the required targets. So they are like an ecosystem for me. I like that. I think it's very important because when I look at it from often many organizational standpoints, is that they're differently organized. So that CX, for example, is more like a staff a kind of a, a team and then a user experience is, is for further away, for example, in IT and, and, and they don't even know the CX strategy. So I think what I love about your standpoint is that it brings them much more together and they work towards one goal instead of yeah. being like split. 
Yes, exactly. I think that they are overlapping areas. They are depending from each other and uh, they have the same goal, just as you said. Yeah. yeah, for me, you are an authority when it comes to design thinking. Well, you're you're the chief design officer of Sush Group. Let's be honest. So let's let's get all the listeners benefit from your knowledge. Can you elaborate on how design thinking as a human centered approach empowers CX leaders? So for me, design is is more like a mindset. I think uh, there are many misunderstandings around design. And I really like the that uh, saying, which I usually quote, is that design is how it works and not how it looks. And uh, that's a very important uh, characteristic of design and the mindset I love about it because it places the customer in the center of the problem solving. So as the customers are paying the bills, every decision should consider them as number one stakeholder. So they need to be in the center. And uh, design is a human-centered approach. Yeah, I think it's... it's Sorry. Go on. So, and yeah, so if you are thinking about, for example, service design, uh, what I think service design is very powerful of is that it considers both the customers but also the organization, the internal ways of working. So it's a holistic approach, considering not just the result but also the how to deliver that experience. Yeah, and and like, of course, not everybody is that good at design, but what happens when CX leaders don't use the human-centered approach? Do you have an example? I think what is uh, the most important about uh, design is the empathy. So understanding the context and the why. And if design leaders do not have this empathy, this listening, this understanding of the problem, of the stakeholders, of the actors, of the goals, they might just have a solution for a symptom and not for the root cause. And they might create something, a solution, an experience, which they think exists. But the real thing is, under the surface and it won't last, it won't uh, be uh, really sticky for the client. And and what are true wins? What is the benefits of doing it? Because maybe sometimes also people think it's taking too much time and effort. What are the true wins by using design thinking? Design thinking fosters creativity and innovation. So it's uh, also a culture about trying, exploring, experimenting, and taking an iterative approach, Uh, learning, building in the learnings into the solution. 
also using co-creation is a yeah. very good tool to encourage cross-functional collaboration. And I think that this is the biggest dream of a CX leader to have departments working together. And with the yeah. help of the design tools and the process itself, it is really possible. It engages and and enhances employee engagement. Engagement. The other benefit I see is that it is evidence based, so it reduces assumptions and biases, and it's not any more opinions and beliefs, but based on evidence. We can make decisions and ideate about innovative solutions which are really working and sticky and delivering value. Yeah. I think these are benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And and, um, if I I go a little bit further on the design thinking um, and and look at our flow of the interview, and it's it's more like we, we are now into design thinking, and I think we should stay there a little bit. But how can design help us navigate the challenges we see in CX leadership? What, what, where can it help us? What methodologies, for example, to use? Yeah, I see every obstacle as an opportunity. So having a look at the challenge, having the look at the, at the problem, you always have the opportunity to innovate. And I think the primary tool I would recommend to use is problem framing because it forces the organization to precisely articulate the problem statement. With this, with this process of the problem framing, uh, you guide through the organization to identify the real root cause. Uh, it helps you to view at the problem from different perspectives, learn what are the constraints, uh, and also makes you concentrate on the problem and not on the solution. You know that fall in love with the problem, not the solution, is very important in the problem framing phase because we are humans and. I experience many cases when I'm on workshops, ideating about uh, different uh, problem statements. Well, I found that we tend to go to solutions. This is just human nature. We want to solve the problem. We come up with solution first before understanding in depth. So that's why I think that problem framing is the primary tool uh, which helps us navigate the challenges because it provides the real advice uh, and uh, just uh, help us to phrase precisely, articulate the problem statement. Do you have an example of, because I think a lot of people have heard about problem framing, but I also think we are notoriously bad at problem Mm -hmm. framing. Do you have an example of what was like, what they thought the problem was, and then you reframed it and then it gave a whole different perspective? 
Yes. Um, so I had a client who wanted to create a collaborative solution for bigger organization. And it had many departments working together. And uh, the founders were part of the execution of the service. And yep. they experienced the problem. Okay, I, I have to use many channels to communicate. Um, I'm always disturbed by status updates, asking for information. So we need a collaboration platform. Um, they came up with a very good idea of how it would look like, like the actors would collaborate. But as we go then deeper into the uh, empathy-driven research, we understood that this is the problem, yes, but the problem is bigger because the person who is uh, managing this service, they have like 100 parallel processes running at the same time. So not, we not only need to have the collaboration, but we also need to have the prioritization of services and tasks yep. to be done. So we could, so, could have solved the symptom, but we would, without this empathic understanding of the whole context, we might have missed an important aspect, the key player's need of prioritization. And I think it really changed the product strategy itself and the proposition as well. Yeah, I think it's... um. Um, it's amazing when you look at the, I just I don't know if you know the book Designing Your Life. Have you heard about that from Bill Burnett and yeah. Dave Evans? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I, I I just got it last week. I went on a strategy retreat with myself. Somehow I, I don't believe in um, I think this is like synchronicity because I um, I was interested in maybe seeing some elements of my life. I try to redesign it being, for example, my health journey. And one of the things is uh, they, they do a lot of work in there on product reframing. So, and I like that a lot. For example, dysfunctional belief, uh, what they say, I have to fight the one right ID, which actually in many organizations they also think. And the reframe is I need a lot of ideas so that I can explore any number of possibilities for my future. So, it's really, it helps you to get a different perspective. And, and, and I love the way that you described that you can do some empathy research on that. Um, when, when we look at, uh, we already touched a little bit uh, on the silos, but in your perspective, what strategies can CX leaders employ to break down the silos within their organizations? I think that the very first, thing they should do is harness the power of co-creation and yeah. forge collaboration between the departments and that will transform company culture and engagement. I think that's the, the most powerful way how we yeah. can approach silos. Yeah, because what do you see as common issues when you see, because you've worked uh, at large organizations, but now you work for them as 
them being your client. Mm-hmm. What do you see as common issues when it comes to those horrible silos? The most important one for me is uh, that we shouldn't ignore all the perspectives, so different perspectives. We would we need to be aware who are affected, who are involved in the issue we are dealing with. I think it's very important to have everyone on the board. Yeah. Neglecting the human element is many cases happening, which I think it's just how organization works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. But what I like about it that you describe is the human lens. Everybody that works in like a department or we labeled it a silo is human. And I think it's incredible if you can also have empathy for each other, because that will also break down the silo, right? Exactly. So I think that's why we have to consider everyone and also take time to look at them as human actors of the process of the organization of the service of the product or whatever we are talking about because they have their own wise and uh, they they have concerns and if we do not take in those concerns into considera- consideration and we do not build up the, build out the trust and the partnership then they will not join our cause. They yeah. will be resistant. We, and what is also very important, that our solution won't be fitting for everyone. So it won't be a sustainable thing because it will have a hidden issue we do not understand. Yeah. What what I also like about is that then in this people are involved, they are engaged. So the um, the the me the real getting it done and application will also work better. But it's also sometimes, and this is a little bit off script, but it it it's about time. People say we don't have time to talk about with everybody, and so what would you say to clients? Say that no, we need to do it much faster. We don't have time for this. But I would say that uh, the time you invest in understanding is costing you much less than implementing something and uh, investing effort and money into something which doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. I it's it's sometimes it's uh it's within organizations everything has to go fast, but then the implementation goes so slow or it's even aborted that it doesn't even happen at all. What what a, a, a total different uh, lens. What absolutely not to do from a CX leader perspective when it comes to breaking down silos. What are the worst practices you've seen or maybe even tried out yourself? <laughs> Finger pointing, I think that's that's one thing, and uh, also losing the patience and losing the momentum. What I find uh, 
happening that, okay, we are excited, we have our plans, we have our ideas, let's do it. And then we don't have time, just as you say, because everyone has their daily things to do. But I think what a CX leader should be very conscious about is to stay committed and follow up and not let the momentum slip. Not let the momentum flip. Dear listeners, do you hear that? I think that is great advice. And finger pointing never works. Sometimes it feels good, complain a little bit, but it never, never helps. I, I totally agree. But now we're going into the adoption of design-centric approach to custom experience. What, what are common steps you would advise to take? I do believe that uh, experimenting and piloting is a good way to initiate change. So what I would recommend is start with small tangible projects which have a clear impact on, on CX or a business result. Involve a dedicated team representatives from different departments. If, yep. you are, if you don't have experience with design thinking, I really recommend to bring an expert to guide you and educate you. Actually, this is what we did when I started with the design thinking and service design. We invited an experienced facilitator who guided us, who, whom we could learn. And slowly this knowledge uh, transferred to our organization. And we trained ourselves and became capable of conducting workshops using the tools. Um, it's, I think it's a good way because also if someone is coming from the outside, they have more trust, they have yeah. more authenticity, which I think many cases it's a sad thing that if you say something from the internal uh, seat, you are not heard, but if someone from outside comes, they are heard and actually like with a magic wound, it, it uh, happens. But yep. uh, use, use this uh, phenomenon yeah, as I an know, advantage I know, uh, on your side. Okay. I, I, I know, and I know that many CX professionals really find it hard because they say, well, but I know it too, and this should not happen. And I always say, take the photo. The photo is the fact that sometimes it's needed, especially when you're in the beginning of your, uh, uh, of your journey, but also when you are a little bit ahead and you need some extra pair of hands or you need to shape your process, uh, I really recommend to hire an expert. So I fully agree on that. Do you have a true success story? My favorite success story is uh, not mine, but I really love the success story of Airbnb. 
Yeah. And uh, how they were able to put design in the center of their services and keep design in the center even as they were growing into a multimillionaire business. So okay. I think they, they are an example. And uh, I, I really think that uh, we can learn a lot. Yeah, I'm, 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 while you're mentioning it, we, and also for people that are listening to the podcast, we didn't script everything. So this is also for me a little surprise and I didn't even know. But when you uh, look it up, there is many uh, uh, um, links online where how design thinking transform AB, uh, Airbnb from a failing startup to a billion dollar business. There's many of them. I'll put some in the show notes so you can have a read. And of course, everybody that's listening, you can also Google it yourself. DIY. But thank you for sharing. That's that's interesting. It's always exciting to see new things. Um, maybe and, and just we're, we're talking about everybody's listening to this. Most of the people that are listening to this podcast are CX leaders, customer experience leaders that could be in organizations. It can be consultants like you. What did you learn over the years that has made you a better CX leader? Oh, let me think about that. Uh, I think that continuous learning, staying up to date and staying curious is one of uh, the key habits or, or I don't know, it's a skill or how to put it. Yeah. But this this really drives me, and uh, I find that uh, because I'm curious, uh, I have a good understanding of many things, and uh, this is the source of innovation. So it's easier for me to immerse myself in different situations and understand things from different perspectives. So. Yeah, and I, I love that about you. I, I remember that also at the time you were busy, always learning, always. So what is something that in the last like half years, what did you do on education or courses? Just take us on your curiosity journey. Yeah, I listen to many podcasts uh, nowadays. I, yeah. uh, this is a... Uh, a habit <laughs> I develop yeah. so when I'm driving or even at home when I'm doing boring housework. <laughs> I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I always learn something because there are so many good stories out there. And uh, I try to adopt those to, to my current project to our, to our organization and so on. Uh, nowadays, of course, you hear a lot about artificial intelligence. Yeah. So I, I read about that a lot. And uh, what I try is how we can use AI to augment our work, how we can be more effective, creative, um, 
maybe faster as well. So yeah. this is the, the latest area of my interest, how to <laughs> apply that. <laughs> so and, uh, just, just curiosity, because I'm also working on my learning on AI. What, what tools do you use now? So of course, I use ChatGPT. Uh, I use Notion. Uh, we tried uh, different tools like how you can uh, speed up gathering insights from interviews, um, help you to summarize, identify the key insights and learnings. For example, we tried how wireframing could be speed up and Im yeah. image Great. generation. Well, yeah. Actually, I did uh, a text-to-video uh, pilot. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried many things. It's experimentation. As always, we learn. We, we understand what are the limitations, what are the benefits. Yeah, I like that. Well, for me too, I, I like ChatGPT, especially also when you look at the design thinking process, the whole um, brainstorming, gathering ideas for all kinds of elements. It really helps me. Um, I also, for for example, for the podcast, I uh, uh, when it's finished, I upload it to Cast Magic, and they get uh, like a stamped overview and um, it gives me some mm -hmm. uh, possible titles, even to make it better. What I've already thought of myself. Mm -hmm. um, it's really and it creates some posts that I can use and I always tailor it because sometimes I think it's very, it's not my language, but um, it, it saves a lot of time uh, to do the, the boring stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. So that's why I'm saying it's augmenting our abilities and augmenting our skills. Because what I also find that um, it's never 100%. It's a good no. start. It speeds yeah. up. But you have to add that element which humans can add. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, you have to personalize a little bit. Yeah. The context which you are never able to describe as precisely as you are able to translate it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the experience what you have gathered during your career. So. Yeah, I think it's it's an augmentation how it's best yeah. used. I like it a lot. We're going to almost finish it off. And there's always a very important question. You already shared that you listen to many podcasts. And I know you also read a lot of books. What is a book or a podcast or a video that you say that you really want, well, our listener to listen to or watch to, to spice up their leadership? I think Masters of Scale is a, is a great podcast. It's really inspiring with uh, case studies, real people sharing their experiences and innovative ideas. I think that's one I, I really recommend to listen to. And nowadays I, I uh, listen Diary of the CEO. And that is, uh, I think, useful both from business perspective, but also in, as individuals, you can learn a lot 
Thank you. Yeah, I think especially stepping in the shoes of the CEO, the person we often have to deal with, isn't that bad, right? To understand what's going on in their heads or in their diaries. Yeah. So uh, you'll, be, uh, <laughs> you'll be laugh because my learning from those podcasts that everyone is a human being at the end of the day. <laughs> Ah, well, that is so true. And I know that many CX leaders are kind of like afraid and that doesn't help because in the end they are just human. And especially if we take up our roles, because I'm typing also now diary of the CEO, I also didn't know that. So thank you so much, but we need to show up. And that's also why I call it spice up your leadership, because these fears are standing in our ways of being living our true potential um, and design thinking can really help with it so in the show notes for everybody that's listening of course i will let you know the masters of scale the diary of the ceo i also put in of course the link to zush group because if people want to know what you are doing i'll put the link into designing your life if people are interested in that book and of course but i want to ask you can the audience reach out to you on linkedin of course i would be happy yeah? So yes, maybe, maybe you, people, Lisa. yeah, yeah, of course. And um, Zoosh Group is Z O O S H, and uh, Christina Kanzai. Well, I'm going to put it in the show notes because I think for many people, for us, maybe it's difficult to type the name. But um, it if is. You find it, <laughs> it is a Google, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Google Chief. Yeah, and it's the same Christina with my name, Ninka Bloom. I was in Oman uh, before uh, COVID and on stage, somebody said, Nienke Bloemi. So uh -huh. yeah, it's, it's uh, sometimes our names are, yeah, it's very normal here. And for you in Budapest, I want to thank you for taking the time and share with us all the gems. Um, it's a pleasure to meet again. And I hope sometime, not so far in the future, we'll meet again live and uh, share a good glass of wine. Yeah, I hope so. Let's make that happen. Thank you, Ninka. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to CX Leadership Talks. Ninka is a customer speaker and educator. She has written books and spoken and educated leaders all around the world. She's one of the global thought leaders in the field. We hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can also find us on YouTube and LinkedIn and ninkabloom.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on CX Leadership Talks.